0: Welcome to the Shared Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar to Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are. In your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know. And make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. The story of human history has been the story of portability. Think of the transition from the bulky Torah scrolls behind us, which of course we love dearly, to the codex style book like the plout commentary that you can hold in one hand. There's a bonus where you can even pick what page you want to go to without having to roll the entire thing. Think about the humble computer which at one time took up entire rooms at universities and labs. Now, everyone has one more powerful than its inventors could have ever imagined in their pocket. Music is another wonderful example. Before the invention of any kind of recording, you had to have a piano or some other instrument in your home and either know how to play it or pay someone to play it. That was the only way to hear music. Now, fast forward, and we get the phonograph and the wax cylinder. Sound could finally be captured and played back. We then move on to the record player. Now, a portable turntable was not unheard of, but it would have been fairly heavy and unwieldy. And eventually, we get to magnetic tape, and audio cassettes, which made Sony's famous Walkman possible. Get past CDs, and finally we end up with MP3s, AACs, M4As, lossless audio, that's a deep cut for the audio files out there, and all other kinds of digital audio files. Now, I know everybody puts their music on their phones now, but I have a 120 gigabyte iPod classic from a long time ago, relatively that can hold 130 days of music or podcasts. I could listen to everything I have for 3,120 hours and never hear the same thing twice. From music being something simply for the elite and learned, it has become something remarkably accessible which enriches our lives whenever and wherever we want. A similar journey has been true of Jewish worship. Let me give you an oversimplified and slightly less than scholarly explanation. I still think it will get the point across. By the time the book of Deuteronomy was written, worship in the form of sacrifice, that is animal sacrifice, could only be performed at the temple in Jerusalem and only by the hereditary priesthood. That was the only way that people communed with God, and that was the only place you could do it. Now around this time, a new institution arose in Eretz Yisrael, one that you might have heard of. It's called a synagogue, where community would gather and study their sacred texts. Once the temple was destroyed by the Romans in the year 70 of the Common Era, there were no more sacrifices and a new kind of Jewish worship had to emerge. The capital R rabbis developed over a number of centuries the rough outline of the prayer service that we still follow today. They composed prayers, lifted passages from biblical text, and crafted the daily spiritual journey that Jews take. This was the first major transition from sacrifice at the temple to prayer you can say at any synagogue. By the Middle Ages, the worship liturgy had expanded so much that only trained experts, the religious elite, knew the proper way to conduct a service at all. Around 850 CE, Amram Gaon, a Babylonian rabbi, had the brilliant idea to put all of the prayers into a book, Sidor Rav Amram, the earliest prayer book that we know of. Now, prayers lived not only in the minds of scholars who devoted their lives to study, but also in a book from which any literate Jew could pray. Obviously, manuscripts were expensive. Everything had to be written by hand. But once Gutenberg invented the printing press, cedarim were all over the place. Now in the early 1800s, Jews reaped the benefits of the enlightenment in Europe. The earliest reformed Jews began adapting Jewish worship to include prayer in the vernacular, in the secular languages in which they spoke day to day, German being the primary example. Now, everyone could say the prayers from the book and understand what they were saying. From the temple in Jerusalem, to the synagogues of Eretz Israel to the temples of the Diaspora, to a PDF of a sidor on an iPad on the bima, Jewish worship has changed to suit the times and to allow those dedicated to the experience of prayer to bring it wherever they go. And that brings us to this year. As we all know, as a congregation, due to the current ongoing public health crisis, we decided that it would not be safe to have High Holy Day services in person for the Jewish year 5781, for High Holy Days. We have spent the past few months mourning from this temporary move away from in-person communal prayer, but we as a community have also found meaningful ways to engage in prayer using technology, like all of us are doing right now. This year's High Holy Days will certainly be different from any that we have experienced in the past. But this provides us with a unique opportunity to create new rituals and find new ways to pray together. In the Babylonian Talmud, Tractate Megillah, the rabbis ask how the Jewish people can connect to God after being exiled from the Holy Land. They find their answer in a verse from the prophet Ezekiel. I have been to them a mikdash ma'at, a small sanctuary. Rabbi Yitzchak says, this refers to the synagogues and study halls in Babylonia. And Rabbi Elazar says, this refers to the house of Rav, our teacher. From these rabbis, we learn this lesson. Without the temple in Jerusalem, any place that Jews gather can be a temple in miniature, a place for God's presence to dwell on earth. In our own time, we can take the lesson further. Any place that a Jew prays, alone or with others, in public or private, at the synagogue or at home, can be a mikdash ma'at, a small sanctuary. For God's presence dwells not in the place, even though a place to gather is very nice to have. But God's presence dwells in the heart and intention of those who pray. This year, each of us is going to be making our home a mikdash ma'at, a place of eager and honest prayer. And I would like to offer some ways we can do that. To be perfectly honest, every rabbi that I know probably tried to come up with their own list. But Rabbi Elise Goldstein, who leads the city shul in Toronto, nailed it on the first try. So I'll be paraphrasing from her list. And if anyone wants the letter she sent out, I can email it to you. Number one, choose your prayer space carefully in advance. Take some time individually or as a family to plan how to make it special. And start right now. Don't hold off till the last minute. Two, mark your prayer space as a special part of your home with a blessing. Just as an example, you could say something like, God, bless this part of our home and make our worship here meaningful and deep. But you can come up with your own. Three, think about where you will sit. You could use pillows or scarves or tally tote to enhance the seating. You probably want a place that's comfortable to sit for a long time, but not so comfortable that you fall asleep, unless that's normal for you. Four, change your computer workspace by using a runner or tablecloth, maybe some flowers. It's up to you. Five, accessorize your prayer space with meaningful objects Judaica like candles or a shofar are good ideas. You could even set up family photos or heirlooms that remind you of loved ones. Six, push your computer back so you're watching it rather than futzing around with it. If you can, watch the service on a TV. And the benefit is that a bigger screen will make it easier to see the prayers on the screen. Seven, reduce auditory distractions. Turn off email and message alerts. Turn off your phone. Put your pets in the other room, unless they would enjoy praying with you. Then the more the merrier. Eight, dress in a way that makes you feel like you're in a spiritual space. It doesn't have to be what you would wear to synagogue, but maybe don't wear pajamas. Um, We certainly won't be. And this one is entirely my own prepare yourself emotionally and spiritually for services to be different than they usually are. There are going to be a lot of things that are the same. The music and the prayers don't change so much. And we can spend all the time and energy we want comparing this year to last year. But the world is just a different place. This is going to be its own experience. It is something both incredibly old and profoundly new, which we are all undertaking together. And I guarantee that you will get as much out of it as you put into it. Take the time to make these High Holy Days special. Create the space for them to be holy. If we do the work all together, our mikdash ma'at, our small sanctuary, will be a worthy place for God's presence to dwell this year. Shabbat shalom.